well, I don't understand why everyone just bulks. Just I'm doing speed work today. Mm-hmm. Doing speed work. Well, you're doing speed work every mm-hmm. dead gum day. <laughs> exactly. I threw a dead gum in there. That was dead gum. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Coaches on Couches. Bing slouches. Today we're going to talk about uh, speed work. Yes. Speed work. Uh, one of my least favorite terms of all the terms in, mm. uh, in endurance sports a lot and, to in, it. and in human performance. It's just, I just, it's just a broad. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a broad it's statement. Tough to pack into a clean little box. Like, the, you know. Anyways, we'll get more into it, but mm-hmm. I, I just hate the term because it's just, it's, it's pigeonhole. It's like putting everything into a box, and it's all there's so many different types of speed work, and they all have different purpose, but they all make you faster. Which is what we're gonna get which into. Is what we're after. All right, but first, I am Coach Dale Sanford. And I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our Five Pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last 11, almost 12 years. Through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels, from fresh off the couch to world championship competitors, you can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete, or all up on that Instagram at BPC Performance. Bingo, bingo, bongo. There you go. Uh, I would like to note that we're still on the hunt for a sock sponsor. Yes, we are. The, got, these, got these broke socks over can, here right if you, now. If you get, uh, if you look at Bryant's, he's got some like Costco, a little Costco cotton blend. Cotton. I got a cotton blend going on right now. I don't know how those even made it onto the couch. I don't either. I don't either. It wasn't well planned. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about speed work, speed work today. So let's you know, let's do a little defining here. Mm-hmm. So in the uh, like the the easiest definition of speed work is training that makes you faster. Yes. Increases typically speed. done by going faster than what you typically would sustain. At times, yeah. And so if we break it down a little bit more, like we have to think about what are the things that make you faster. Mm-hmm. So if we're if the definition of speed work is things that make you faster, we can pretty much there at times like pretty much most of your training will make you faster. I mean, we're hoping so. There's there you know, you can even There should be a purpose to it, right? Correct. And the purpose should be to make you faster. Yeah. But if we're talking about like speed in general, there's a few things that you can work on that are like very very targeted to getting to making you faster. Mm-hmm. One of which is in improving your leg turnover. Yes. Right? If your legs turn over faster, generally speaking, you'll be faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is reducing ground contact time. If you spend more time or less time on the ground, you're generally producing more force to the ground, and then your stride length will improve, meaning you're traveling for so blah, 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 more, faster. More steps, 
Longer stride length yeah. sounds faster to and me. And then there's other things we can do also to improve stride length mm-hmm. uh, as well. Um, and then the, the last part of it is, um, you know, those are all very functional things. The last part of it is actually improving our, the, the big three systems, your respiratory, circulatory, and muscle metabolism uh, function so that we can hold pace longer. Correct. So with all those different ways to improve speed, I don't understand why everyone just bolts, just I'm doing speed work today, mm-hmm. doing speed work. Well, you're doing speed work every mm-hmm. dead gum day. <laughs> exactly. I threw a dead gum in there. That was dead gum. Yeah. Uh, that, that was for you, Ben Canornshaw. That was for our buddy Ben. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so like, we're gonna we're gonna break it down into it, but w- what we're breaking it down into is <clears throat> the main purposes and, and targets that we're we're after for the specific types of speed work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like a lot of people think about speed, when they think speed work, they think I've got to go hard. Like it's oh, anytime yeah. I'm doing a, a harder or a higher intensity workout that is considered speed work. And, and I'm and I'm guilty as anyone to saying, if you want to run fast, or if you want to run faster, you got to run fast. Mm-hmm. You got to run faster than you're running right now. Yep. So like, but there are, there's plenty of speed work that isn't fast, uh, isn't super high intensity, relatively speaking, yeah. to like a, a, a VO2 max type workout. Yep. Uh, doesn't involve intervals that make you want to, you know, puke your guts out. You know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. There's a lot of things you can do. And and I think... Uh, a technique and a movement standpoint yeah, from, that's huge. From what I would... The, one of the main things I want to get across today is that there's a lot of this stuff that people totally ignore yep. and don't do because they're just so focused on, I got to run this pace. I got to run this pace. I got 12 quarters today. You mm-hmm. know, like all these like interval style workouts that are fine. They do make you faster, but... There's a lot of other things that can be done to make you faster, and they tend to get Overlooked. put, a, put yep. aside. Yep. All, All right. right. So, first things first. You know, if we're talking about making you faster, one of the first things that we do with every athlete is neuromuscular work. And so, the easiest way to p- kind of is movement focused. So, we're focused on the movement. So, this is like uh, things like drills. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of drill work with our runners. Um, and you know, that's, you know, how would you do drill work with a runner? We, we have vi- like video, we've created videos that kind of spell out the, the drill and what you're after and what to focus on. Um, and we're at like, our drills are, are focused on very specific parts of the running stride cycle. Yes. Like and you were chatting about before, like decreasing ground contact time. Yep. We improving heel lift. Yep. Um, working on stride length by, by focusing on pushback. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things are things you can. Yeah. So are, are movement based drills. If that you you, can do. you break down any phase or portion of the stride cycle, and you can drill that movement. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do things like uh, very short sprints, uh, and and so like that sort of thing is more of a, a brain to muscle communication thing. It's not necessarily you're you're not changing a lot of physiology there aside from the brain telling the muscles to fire quicker yep. because you're forcing them to. Um, we do some of that stuff, you know, things like burst efforts and, 
and uh over speed training is also uh, something you can do and for those that don't know what that is basically it's forcing yourself to run faster which can be like running on a slight downhill um you can be bungee <laughs> one of my favorite is uh basically <laughs> slingshotted with a bungee uh-huh. uh you can be tethered to somebody else who's faster than you uh you know that's that sort of thing and and that way you're you're forcing your body there's no you're either going to turn your legs over or you're going to fall make down. sure it's someone that li- actually likes you uh <laughs> so that you're not just getting drugged through the mud yeah but you know this is kind of these are kind of things that like neuromuscular work in my opinion is some of the most fun training you can do uh and it can be like partner-based training yeah. but aside from like a clinic here and there like people rarely do this stuff mm-hmm. but it, it moves the needle so well yeah uh, you know as far as like well i think this is where like endurance athletes tend to get the mindset that if if you don't feel like you're stressing your body Absolutely. you don't feel like you're improving so it's like getting away from that mindset of i have to be feeling some sort of discomfort or yep. be going really long in order to feel like i'm doing something productive towards my training yep you got to get away from that. Um, and this is, you know, stuff that you can work in most days if you wanted to. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the beauties of neuromuscular work is it can pretty much be done year round. Mm -hmm. Um, during warmups, we do quite a bit of, yep. Of neuromuscular stuff. Warmups. Uh, I'll, I'll like, you know, we do full sessions. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of my runners will do full drill sessions, full neuromuscular sessions, um, and, you know, and sometimes like on, uh, for like upper level people, more elite level, uh, folks will do like a, what I call like a primer day, the day before a hard, like a hard, uh, like more VO2 max style day. So the neuromuscular day gets everything fired up and, and ready to rock. And then yep. the next day you do the harder session. And generally the harder session is much higher quality because you, you kind of really spark that brain muscle communication mm-hmm. the day before mm-hmm. um so this stuff can be done year round and the reason why i brought i bring it up first is because it is so important and it it is a and huge needle mover and it's relatively low intensity because yes. you want to be you want to do every set rep whatever uh fully recovered yep you don't want to you don't want to take yourself into a like a level of high fatigue where your form diminishes. Exactly. Everything should be done with perfect form. Exactly. To, to the best of, you know, your ability. Yeah. Very much working movement patterns here and teaching your body to move mm-hmm. more efficient. And once you're moving more efficient, you're going to be moving faster. Yep. And if fatigue sets in, you're done mm-hmm. basically, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So that, that we do that all the time year round, um, you know, for some of the like people who've been with us for a long time who are pretty, you know, pretty efficient and stuff like that, it may just be warm-ups and like early in the season when we'll yeah. just refresh it all, that yeah. sort of thing. But for the most part, most people, average person could do it year round. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next uh, like, t- like uh, specific section of speed work would be what we call speed strength. And so basically you're trying to strengthen those specific movements. So we've kind of activated them and now we're kind of, kind of strengthen specific movements. Um, and this like with speed strength, you're really focusing on 
we focus pretty heavily on like extension and improving your stride length basically. Yep. Um, and so what we're really doing is we're doing, we're, we're doing sports specific strength and improving kind of durability. Um, so this is a lot of hill running. Gotta love the hills. That's the big one up overcoming gravity. Running. Yeah. Yep. So uphill running. Um, occasionally we'll get into bounds with somebody who's a little bit higher level. Definitely. Um, be, uh, yeah. You have to have the, the body that's able to handle yeah. bounds. You got to go through a more little bit force, of a, more impact. Yeah. yeah. Um, but some of the f- more fun things uh, for speed strength would be like towing mm-hmm. and resisted running. Um, like semis. Towing yeah, semis. Usually semis. Tractors. Tanks. Tanks. Stuff like that. You know you're ready when you when you can tow a tank. When you're when you're when you got a Panzer <laughs> behind you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, like you're really focused on because like you know um, force production is the biggest. Uh, you know, one of the biggest determinants on your stride length. So mm-hmm. if you can put down more force, um, part of that being short ground co- contact time, the other part being actual production of force through your, your leg extension, yep. um, you're going to travel farther. So you're going to, you know, cover more, t- more distance in per, the same amount of time. Per stride. Yep. yep. So uphill running, uh, resisted towing, like the easiest, the, you know, we do like, my the cheap sleds that we've made uh some people will get you know you can get a tire uh like something like that i think the thing the thing to really note here is that if you're doing towing or resisted running you really don't want to have so much weight behind you that you have to like you have to um manipulate your upper body and your form just to like yeah to pull it like or that it's slowing your cadence down so much that you're getting away from some of that faster ground contact that you may be trying to right. also be working. I mean, there's a different time and place for each of those, but right. Yeah. So you're, you, you don't want so much resistance behind you, like a tire with a, you know, a lot of, I mean, I've seen a lot of people use tires they are, you know, usually easily you can go to pretty much any tire place and say, Hey, can I have one of your side of the road? Old crappy tire. Yeah. Go you to get a, a really slow dog. Yeah. Get a, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the ones I've made are like I went and bought like a um, one of those big horse stall mats at Tractor Supply. Those things are heavy, by the way. They're heavy. <laughs> I cut it into fourths, like mm-hmm. so. If you get four of them out of it, drill a hole, put a tether through it with a you know a belt strap or a chest harness. Um, by the way, I like when when I do towing, I prefer to have the uh, like start people with it at their waist because it forces them to keep their hips forward. And then once they have better hip placement, then move it to a chest strap or that's a key. chest harness. That, that whole thing's key. Like anytime we do a clinic, that's one of the main things yeah. we're watching for. We don't want you just towing something to make it feel like you're doing something fun and cool. Yeah. Um, we want to make sure you're still reinforcing proper form. Yeah. So learning to do something stronger or faster if or, or at a higher rate if you're not actually maintaining good good form is going to lead to uh to bad stuff down the road so always put technique at the forefront before resistance before resistance yep yeah um yeah so with the cool thing with the horse stall mats is that you can drag them on grass you can drag them on concrete you can drag them on just about everything Mm -hmm. and if you do need a little bit more resistance you can just toss something on top of it Mm -hmm. to add weight you know 
it's it's pretty convenient. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speed strength. How much do you remember how much th those are? The the mat itself is only like forty bucks. Okay. And you can make four of them. them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. I don't know. I mean, that was years ago when I bought them because yeah, they're yeah. still around. They're yeah. going anywhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, but hills. I mean, hills are obviously super cheap. Also, yeah, hills are the cheapest. Hill right? running, unless yeah. you're unless you're in Houston. Yeah, <laughs> unless you don't have any, and then <laughs> towing would be <laughs> your, your best option. bet. Or if you live in a, a place that's uh, supremely windy, mm -hmm. you can run into a headwind from time to. Sometimes when I get on the Full old the Shelby headwind. Farms uh, the lake trail, I <laughs> yeah. feel like I'm I feel like I'm doing some resisted running. You get in that block <laughs> headwind down there. Ooh. Yeah, I mean it's you know. So basically, yeah, you're, you're building up run specific strength. Uh, you know, for like the when you know this is where it all starts to become a it depends yeah. like type of thing. Um, for I would say for a lot of people who are doing normal distances. Um, this will probably happen a little bit earlier in your like build. Um, but for people that are doing like ultra distance, so like, and that even varies or too. trail. Yeah. yeah. So if you're doing ultra trail running, I, I do this like all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. Like we, we do tons of speed strength and, you know, run specific strength work all the way to the end before we kind of like taper into the race. Um, but if you're doing something like an Ironman or, or something like that, uh, still very long, this would be kind of right before you start doing race pace stuff, yeah. speed, we'll get to that speed endurance stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it just, it's just going to depend a little bit on your distance and yeah. you know what you're doing. It's all very, very like it works no matter what it does yeah. its purpose, but mm -hmm. You know the goal here, right, is to go from less specific training to more specific training as you go to exactly. get closer to an event. Yeah. So um, towing a tank, less specific. Yes. When you're training for Iron <laughs> training for an Ironman. Yeah. Yeah. But hill running when you're training for an ultra that's yep. going to have uh, inevitably most have quite a few hills. Yep. Definitely going to be important. So yep. that is more sports specific then. Correct. Cool. All right, so the next specific uh, like area of speed work would be speed endurance. And so... I feel like these next two are what most people think of when they think of speed work. Correct, yeah. And this is where the confusion really comes yeah. in. Um, like speed endurance, everyone's... It's focused on holding pace longer. Yeah. So these are, these are basically longer intervals... Like <clears throat> generally, we, we, you probably hear the terms tempo or steady state, something like that mm -hmm. would be more uh, speed endurance stuff. So you're kind of like sub threshold into kind of right at threshold type of thing. Yeah. Um, the interval lengths would probably be, I don't know, somewhere into five and twenty five to twenty minutes. So they're yeah, a little ability. Bit yeah, it's going to be ability specific, but then also yeah. duration of your. But very target. You know, this is. I would say speed endurance is a little bit like like it can be functional. It can be physiological training, but generally a little bit more on the functional side here because you are trying to hit a specific pace mm -hmm. for a specific amount of time, uh, you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, developing that fatigue resistance at that at that pace. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so I think what happens here is that like, I see a ton of runners that they do tempo work year round. I mean, year round. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, the question is why, like, what, like, do you like, unless you have an event coming up like that, like demands that type of training, why are you doing tempo work year round when you could be like really, you know, pop, either popping up your ceiling of of the fastest paces you can hit or um working on efficiency and neuromuscular work that is a lot less hard on your body like tempo and steady state efforts are the hardest on your body like they just tear you down mm-hmm. um so like doing a ton of that work is like do it with caution because you're 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 putting your body through a yeah, no why have a, have a why yeah for doing it but when to do it would basically be like going into an, a longer event, mm-hmm. right? So like if you're if you're doing something that's like, I mean, to put a very general mark on it, like 10K or longer, you're going to be doing a little bit more tempo work, getting closer to that event mm-hmm. because you're going to be working on longer sustained efforts, yep. trying to hold pace longer. Um. Then the last, the last uh, one is pretty much what everyone puts, like everyone who thinks speed work thinks about like yep. more of like a top speed or VO2 max style uh, training. Yeah, working above above a threshold, above threshold st- yeah. style effort. Yeah, where your ability to uptake the oxygen is you're you're developing more co2 essentially than what your your oxygen can yeah. it's outpacing co2 is outpacing oxygen delivery here yeah and so some of the terms you might hear would be track workout track. interval workout yes even though a lot of the other workouts involve intervals the 400s <clears throat> yeah you know and track workout is another term i'm not a huge fan of mm-hmm. because a lot of this stuff is almost better done for certain athletes on the road or on a gravel path or whatever, um, you know, doing holding pace on a very flat, you know, uh, like track is not always real specific to mm-hmm. what you're going to be racing. So, um, not a huge fan of track workout either, but <clears throat> in a VO two max session, you're, you're above threshold. Um, you're, you know, pushing the limits of what you're capable of repeating multiple times mm-hmm. um so like you're 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 trained to handle like faster paces versus hold them longer you're you're training to run faster than you've ran prior yes now that that's not always the case if you're if you're training for something that's short like if you're training for a 400 or a, a mile or, or even a 5k like vo2 max sessions may be closer to like a pacing workout for you yeah. like and working on yeah working on your pacing and yeah pacing it strategy. becomes more like the speed endurance for someone doing a longer distance right you're yeah. still above threshold you're yeah. still you're still pushing that yeah but uh it's just its purpose has changed yeah so that's where like a lot of this confusion comes in because what are you actually why are you actually doing it like are you are you doing quarters because you're trying to push uh the number of quarters you can hit at a faster pace than you've ran before up? Or are you doing the quarters to try to run that pace consistently so that you know you can run it 
yeah. in a race. Yeah, or so yeah, or so you can add more of those intervals, and that's kind of how you would progress it, right? Is based yeah. on what the goal is there. Are you improving your pace ceiling, right. or are you improving your ability to hold a pace for a longer duration? Right. And so, like, that's more of like the functional side of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, physiological side of of doing VO two max work is we're trying to stress the body to a specific level mm-hmm. and hold it there. Yeah, and increase your ability to uptake and utilize oxygen. Right. Yeah. And so there may be like, it, it's not necessarily about holding pace. You may get up there initially and you may, uh, your heart rate may stay up at whatever, 180 beats per minute, but your pace may start to really die, mm-hmm. you know? And then the physiological goal there is to, now like later in later sessions see that pace drop off less or slower Mm -hmm. or whatever um so the the thing with vo2 mat you have to know why you're doing it yeah you have to have specific goals um it's not always just about going out and running as hard as you can uh for a ton of quarters or or half mile or Mm -hmm. you know mile efforts and you have to have recovery between your efforts yeah. So making sure now there's a way you can play around with how much recovery you're giving yourself again, based on the goal, uh, of, <laughs> of the workout. Yeah. But in general, you're going to want at least a one-to-one work to rest ratio, but even more so you probably want to go more like a one-to-two work to rest ratio. And that's highly dependent on whether you're after a functional exactly. target or a physiological target, physiological target. You, you do want to come all the way back down, give yourself enough time to come back down into like zone one. Yeah. Uh, and then hit it again. Yep. Phys- like functional, you're trying to, you're trying to string together like uh, a lot, a lot of work in yep. a small amount of time. So you're, you're, you may be doing quarters. Let's just say you're doing quarters in 90 seconds and you're giving yourself a minute rest. So that's like less than a one to one, but yep. Uh, that's the functional side of it. Yep. You got to know why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just uh, obviously like this is a little bit more commonplace, but like your your efforts for like VO2 max are usually, I mean, they're not going to be more than, um, you know, they usually range from 100 to 1600, you know, something like that, meters, mile, whatever. Um, people would argue that, you know, mm-hmm. if it's, you know, if you're doing a pacing workout and your race is above threshold, your efforts may be a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to know why you're doing it. Yeah. Why, why are you putting yourself through the session that hurts like the Dickens and uh, makes you want to puke? Yes. And in general, you'll want to start, you know, from a speed work or from a, from a VO2 standpoint, start with more recovery to work and then as you get closer to your goal but you know it's going to go more towards that functional side of things so let your body handle the the physiological stress initially of running at that higher pace and then as you progress and get closer to your to your goal that's where the more functional side that dale was talking about takes over yep and so the when here this is probably the most highly dependent when Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh you know, for, uh, people doing shorter events, 5k and, and shorter, 
you're going to be doing it kind of leading up pretty much all the time, but leading up into your, uh, your big race or whatever, it's going to be used more for pacing than it is for like pushing up the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're doing, um, something more ultra, like long, long course, this is something we would do like early in the, in the season, early in your, in your training, uh, to kind of bump the ceiling up, get, get our top speed or max speed as high as we can get it before we really have to start working on building out fatigue resistance (laughs) and, and then durability and, and, you know, working on steady state stuff. Yeah. Um, so number of times per week for say the, I mean, with, with the neuromuscular side of things, the first topic we talked about, you can work in aspects of that each time. You can do that stuff most days. Yeah. If we start talking about VO2 max, like how often would you be putting a VO2 max workout in a person's program? Like the average person? The average, yeah. Average person only focused Once. on running. We're not talking about someone who's doing Once a week. Know, 12 sessions or whatever, but... Yeah, I wouldn't do it most common. Once yeah, a week. yeah, one time per week, typically most yeah. most common for folks. And and mo- and most of the time, the next day needs to be pretty easy. Yeah. Um, and again, that's dependent on the person. But mm-hmm. um, for the average person that we work with, like a, if you do a VO two max session to its like to spec, yeah, you're gonna need some recovery the next day Mm -hmm. Um, and you want to be in general you want to be fresh going into it too so you know you need a buffer on either side of a vo2 max day to actually get the benefits that that we would want from the vo2 max work so yeah as far as like placing like um you know i will do on in specific cases i will do speed strength and speed endurance in the same uh week Mm -hmm. uh i will do Occasionally, I'll do speed endurance and VO2 max in the same week, um, but they are always separated by at least a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a Tuesday, Thursday, a Wednesday, Friday, or whatever. Um, they're, they're always separated by a day. Now, if it's something like speed endurance, like, yeah, you can have more than one speed endurance session in a week. Um, they should be separated, you know almost as much as you can separate them in a, in a given week, they should be separated. Um, but the big trap is when you don't have time on Monday, you, you, something goes crazy on Tuesday, but you don't want to miss those key sessions. So you move it to Thursday or to Wednesday. And then you had your VO two max on Thursday and you end up doing a back to back and then you run into a tr- into trouble. If you don't run into trouble, basically what you're doing is you're killing the quality of your VO two max work, which yeah. could probably move the, the needle better for you. Uh, but you decided to do the, yeah. your endurance work that really tears you down, speed endurance work that really tears you down the day before. So it's, you know, anytime you're, you're, working quote unquote speed work into your week as a runner or a triathlete, it has to be separated. Give yourself 48 hours to, to recover from it. Um, I know it's difficult with triathletes because you're trying to decide where to put. So where do I put my hard bike days? If I'm, uh, if I'm splitting my hard run days by at least a day, uh, generally what I try to do is I make one day really hard. Mm-hmm. So you're going to do your hard bike and your hard run in the same day. 
that's fairly race specific too. So like you're going to have those, uh, those like you're going to have a hard day and then a little bit easier day. And you're probably going to have a hard day and you're going to have a little bit easier day. Uh, so, you know, if, if, if you're a triathlete looking to put this in, it's going to be on the same day. Like you should have hard days. Mm -hmm. Um, occasionally, you know, depending on the athlete, we'll split them. Uh, if they can handle it, yeah. Uh, if we know they can handle it, yeah. Um, but generally speaking, until you get a feel for somebody, hard day, easy day, hard day. Yeah, because you're managing recovery by that at that point in time. We want to make sure recovery is where it should be, so that you're not trying to burn the candle hard the entire week. Yeah, that's the that's another big trap. Mm-hmm. You know, is just doing too much, doing too, like going too hard every day. Yes, like. I have heard, I have literally heard runners like have like speed work, quote unquote, speed work Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and then like some, some work into their Sunday run. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, when are you, when are you off or running easy? Uh, Never. Gotta go fast, baby. (laughs) Full gas. Trying to get faster. I'm on that full gas schedule. Yeah. Don't fall in the trap. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I think that about sums it up. Yep. If you have questions, comments, let us know. And uh, otherwise, yeah, I guess that's it. Appreciate you guys hanging out, listening, watching. Catch you guys next time. Adios. Peace.